you're listening to the We Speak Common Podcast Network. For more information and to support the show, head to wespeakcommon.com. This week, I'm joined by James to talk about how we run council meetings in Dungeons and Dragons, how you can do it on your own and how we do it as co-DMs. Welcome to We Speak Common. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the D&D podcast for everyone because here we speak common. This is a show brought to you in partnership with the Dice Dungeon, your one-stop shop for all things D&D, dice and uh, well, extra paraphernalia, really. They started off with wonderful premium, uh, high-end dice. They now do everything from resin to glass and metal. And in between, they sell all the D&D 5e books that you could want and need and extra things like dice rolling trays and traveling bags. You can check out all of their wares following the link in the description below and you can get 10% off your entire order when you use the code we speak common at checkout we're also brought to you in partnership with describe spelled d-s-c-r-y-b com on the end that's the website and they have a whole host of creative professional creative writers i should say do it in the right order who will do the hard work for you and get to writing box text that you can use in any DD game you are running whether it's homebrew whether it's a module that you've already got whether it's a mix of the two or an old edition adventure that you've brought back up to fifth edition they've got you covered there's about 500 scenes available for free that you can go and look at right now but if you subscribe to describe you will get access to over seven and a half thousand scenes and growing. Uh, you can follow the link in the description below and you can use the code COMMON at checkout to get 10% off your monthly subscription for the first two years you're subscribed. As ever, we will talk about our supporting Patri- uh, supporting partners at some point during the, uh, the show. But right now, I'm going to stop rambling and I'm going to say hello to James. Hello. I mean, you've got to stop rambling at some point. I'm all over the place today. It's been a long day. It's been a very long day. It has. God, so much going on. Um, and uh, I am, I'm, I'm in my flat today. I don't know if you can, if you can tell with, with the echo. Um, but uh, yeah, sat in the flat today and just very, very in need of some D&D chat, to be honest with you. It's been one of those, one of those days. Yeah, I think it definitely has been because, you know, you would have been in the studio, but, you know, Work happened as it tends to happen. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, buying school trips, unreasonably warm days, behaviour mm. got off the walls, people not being in, children just being children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I don't work with them. Uh, well, I'm currently sat on a cooling mat on account of the warm weather, which is for dogs, by the way. Just put that out there. You're sat on a cooling mat. They are the best thing ever how does it work what does it i mean obviously it cools you but how yeah it's got some like weird gel in it um obviously we got one for our dog elsie and she's a little black pug so you know when it gets yeah. hot she, she needs that sort of thing yeah and uh, with with the extremely warm weather we had on the way i figured you know what i'm gonna get myself a couple and um <laughs> pop, pop them in the fridge and then when i've been sat playing you know play, when we were playing D D the other day i was sat there on the cooling mat nice and cool rather than boiling to death this is a level of intimacy i don't think i needed with you i don't, I don't think i don't think i needed to know this, this but now is, i do it's just a mat it's just yeah. a mat which keeps you cool 
Do you think? I think I'd be the opposite. I think I'd be like a lizard. I'd need one of those heating rocks to sit on. I like being warm. You can definitely get one of them. We used to have them at the cattery for the cats. Okay, I'm. I'm not doing that. I'm not. (laughs) Just, I'll just stick with our water bottle in the winter. Um. Do you know what I? I do want a. uh, What are they called? One of those big hoodies that's like a big poncho. The oots or something like that. I want one of them. I really want one of them. I mean, I'm not going to think about getting one now because it's summer, but actually officially will be summer tomorrow on the day that we're recording. Summer solstice tomorrow. Uh, tonight. Ooh. Tonight is the summer solstice. So if you've been feeling a little bit spiritual, James, that might be why. Um, you should know by now. My, my spirit is dead. I can't feel spiritual, Ben. <laughs> well, my spirit is very much alive and I keep it fed in that little box that I have it hidden in. Um, so I was, I was very much feeling the solstice coming. Yeah. Uh, we should say as well, actually, if you're listening to this episode on the day of release on Thursday, uh, thank you. I, I appreciate your uh, your punctuality. But uh, that means that you still have a chance, if you haven't already, to enter into what is actually the biggest D&D giveaway this network has ever done. The, uh, the 200th episode giveaway. Um, we're giving away a copy of the Spelljammer Adventures in Space box set, limited edition covers, uh, a a set of Frozen Shadows metal dice from Dice Dungeon with tin and a set of Karul the Golden metal dice with tin from the Dice Dungeon. Uh, if you want to enter, head to our Twitter. There is a tweet that you can like and retweet just to get involved with. Um, and there's also a tweet on the Dice Dungeon Twitter as well, which gets you a second entry. Um, and of course, if you're a Patreon supporter, you are automatically entered once anyway. So you could get three entries. Um, Go, go do that. You've got until the end of today, Thursday, the day this episode releases to do that. And then we will be announcing the, the three winners online, but also in next week's episode. I just wanted to say that at the top of the episode before I forget, just in case people are listening that don't make it all the way through to the end today. Cool. Cool. Okay. Should we, should we talk about D&D? We should. We should do that thing that we like doing. Um, I, okay. So today's topic is one that I have had on my notion for uh, quite a while, actually, I think. Um, yeah. And I, I was thinking about it. I, I don't think it's a common thing. I think it might be a thing that we've started doing. And then we've talked about it on the discord server, which you can all join by the way, right now it's open to the general public link in the description below. Uh, and people have told me they've started doing it since we've talked about it. And that is running council scenes or group meeting scenes. So before we get into the how, why, when, where, what's of it all, I want to talk about like why we do this and also what, like what it is and why it's in the story and, and why it's good and all that kind of stuff. So um, first things first, and correct me if I'm wrong, James, but there are at least two council scenes or potential council scenes that I can think of in published D&D adventures already. So this isn't a homebrew thing. These, these scenarios pop up in adventure games. So, of course, the big one is Tyranny of Dragons yep. because you are hired by the Lord's Alliance and you meet up with them m- multiple times, right? Yep. That's the one. And cool. I'll be honest, I can't think of the other one. So the other one is one that isn't actually a written scenario, but is something that I've done from an adventure that I'm now going to encourage anyone to do when they run this adventure. 
especially if they run adventures the way I run them, which is to change things and move stuff around and rewrite the whole bloody book. And that is in Tomb of Annihilation, running a meeting with all of the merchant princes in one room. Oh, yeah. There's also technically a third as well, because there's a second one in Tyranny. Oh, I'm counting Tyranny as one... um, one yeah, whole there's, thing. There's, 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 there's two different councils. One Do you, you mean meet the, the, one that, the one, the one that we stumbled upon the other night when we were playing? Yep, that one. Okay, we won't we won't talk about that because I think. Well, no, they, that tyranny was the first adventure to release. We might as well. Yeah, we we might as well. Yeah. Okay, so you meet a council of dragons. Yeah, it's so fucking cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's so cool. Oh. Um. Okay, so that's three. Okay, so that's three council meetings. Two of which happen in the story multiple times. I feel like I'm going to sneeze. So just a heads, heads up, I might sneeze in a minute. Uh, and um, one that's a, an optional. I don't think there's, a, there's not one in Curse of Strahd. There's not one no. in... Uh, I, don't, I don't know about Out of the Abyss. You, you could probably fit one into Waterdeep at the end. Oh, oh, 100%. 100%. Storm King's Thunder, you could squeeze one in, I reckon. Yeah. Uh, so you, know, so you, you have to write that adventure on your own anyway. <laughs> oh, 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 the catty comment. Um, so, so basically what we're saying is there are opportunities for these to come up in, in published modules, but also we're going to talk about how we run them and hopefully that will inspire you to use them because I feel like there is nothing... I was going to say there's nothing cooler. That's not true. We're talking about D&D, but there's something very cool it's very satisfying as well very, yes very satisfying very cool very grandiose and kind of like you've you've reached that next tier in the the tier of play level of having your players come into a chamber and there be like a panel of powerful people who are all someone agreed <laughs> uh, a, a panel of powerful people I was, I was hoping it would do it again who um but all are going to talk across each other and all have different wants, but all are working together and are going to ask the players to do different things. Like, it's like that. It's like coming, like, when, when you meet the Jedi Council, right? It, I mean, that's, it literally is like meeting the Jedi Council. That's the vibe we're going for. So how do you do that and why should you do that is what, is what we're talking about. Um, James, why, why do you like running a council? Um, because I like being able when when we've got both of us working on running that council, um, it's really fun to while you're saying something to just start shouting over you. <laughs> yeah, so you've you've immediately leaped into one of the things that we do that I was going to talk about later, but we might as well get into it. Um, oh. So for full um, transparency, I guess disclosure. Yeah, as we talk through this. Obviously, James and I have talked about before how we DM in the same world. And so our stories are running. Well, I say our stories. I don't even think of our two stories as different stories anymore. No, we, to, we together are telling the story of the world and our players are in it and have a big, big, big old thumb in the pie. Some of the multiple thumbs, um, each thumb being a, a player. Anyway, with analogy. So. When we have these big scenes where, I mean, with, the, with Lord's Alliance, how many characters are there in a, in a council meeting? Oh, Christ. Like you look at about 10? Tw- 10, 12. Yeah. There's a lot. So we'll go through and we'll split them up. So like, I, I look after Waterdeep, you look after Baldur's Gate. So I get any Waterdavian characters, you get any Baldur's Gate characters. Yeah. Um, except for Clath, because obviously he's my boy. He's my baby. Yeah. Um, 
then they'll be we'll split up any extra ones and we'll we'll go through their wants and their goals and their relationships with each other and then we work out how we're going to run that together but in the same sense as like james is the dm because he's running tyranny and so i'm kind of like the guest dm that's popped up because our, our two games have collided again I mean, as as well, the thing to know, we, we never plan exactly what we're going to say. Mm. Um, we we just know sort of the, the characters and how they'd react to certain things and what what would sort of push their buttons or what would please them, that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah. you just you're just sort of playing them like real people almost. It would, we're just acting. Yeah. At that point, yeah. Um, and this is the thing. This is a really fun thing to do. And James and I have um, a really good relationship and trust around how we, what we do with the world and what we do and don't share with each other within the world that we share. I wouldn't do this with a random player. I wouldn't be like, oh, hey, you're a player. Come and be a DM in this session. That I think that wouldn't work. But because we already have the relationship that we have with this world, um, it works really well. And yeah. Uh, and and it's a lot of fun. So we'll talk about that, but we'll also give some tips and tricks for doing this on your own as as a single DM when you only have one head and you have to think about everything. Yeah. Why else do you love council scenes now that we've got through the the thing that we do? <laughs> um, it, it is the, the the grandiose nature of them. I mean, mm-hmm. it, if you're an adventuring party, it's one thing to go to a notice board and pick up a notice or have some guy to have and go, you know what, I've got this problem, go and fix it for me. If you're mm-hmm. summoned to a council of the most powerful people in the realm and they go, we've got a problem and you're going to fix it for us. Yeah. Like, that, that, is, that is, you know, that's fucking Skyrim levels of shit. It's, pre- it's pretty <laughs> hardcore. Yeah, the, the Council of Elrond. Um, so I totally agree. And I also feel like I've talked about scenes and set pieces before. The, a council summoning is like the one of the perfect set pieces to go from folk hero to uh, to like actual hero of the realm. I suppose as well, like with as we're playing in Faerun and like me and you and a couple of our players, they know a lot of the big names, mm. either because they've played, say, like Waterdeep, for example, and they've figured out who the big names are there, or they just know the lore. And so for the players to get like a letter saying, you have been summoned to this location at this time by insert big names you all know here, that's also really big because it gives you bringing in those big characters who they, who they love. And they get them all together in one room. Yeah. Yeah. Like council scenes are great for set piecing, for transitioning into a larger story, for bringing in those big characters and NPCs that have only been mentioned or seen from a distance before and making them now suddenly a contact, an actual like player in the game, not a player in the game, but a, a, an NPC in the game that the character's going to interact with and have a relationship with. It's, it's just that. For me, it just encapsulates that that step up. Yeah. You're not just you're not just random adventurers anymore. Now you need to be heroes because we've got a serious problem and we're coming to you for it. It's they're also really good for consequences and that idea of your actions do have consequences because you know the people on these councils all want different things and have different ideas about how they should be done. Mm. And so if your group's been sent off to do one thing. And they do it, but the method they use is somewhat unsavoury. And then that method comes out, you know, a couple of people can't spot, you know, job done, fine, whatever. But, you know, one or two of them might be really pissed off at the way you've done it. And then when they send you off again, 
or it comes to sort of the final bit where everyone's trying to chip in. They're like, you know what? I remember when you did that thing and then you carried on and you did it again. So fuck you. I'm not getting involved. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, well, I mean, we've talked about renown before on episodes and why, and why that's so good and you should use renown. And it's, it's another place to implement that perfectly and just yeah. keep track of the um, perceptions of of the players and their characters and and i mean we we're not going to talk about alignment because i'm actually saving it for another episode but <laughs> um which will be coming out very soon within the next couple of weeks maybe the next week we'll see um but it's one of those things and this is the a point i'll make in that discussion is that alignment a character has an alignment right but then i always think that char- characters have perceived alignment as well so yeah or, or sometimes I just, they only have perceived alignment. There is no actual alignment. There's just perceived alignment. And so this NPC sees you this way based on this society and their norms. And if you go and do something that's against that, they're going to see you as potentially evil. Now you might not be an evil character in your eyes, but they're like, no, you're a, you're a bad dude. You did some bad shit. I didn't agree with it. So I'm not going to work with you. And like, that's a fun way to take a character or a player who's thinking they're playing a, an all good character, like a, a, a righteous paladin yeah. and question that because the NPC on the council wanted them to do something a certain way and they did it a different way and they see that as wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of work. Absolutely. And there's a lot of, I think, uh, logistical kind of like note keeping and bookkeeping yeah. that goes on behind the scenes with these kind of scenes. There's some weird sentences coming up my mouth right now. I have a spreadsheet, Ben. That's disgusting. <laughs> why? I, why? I did, oh, God. I don't even know why I'm surprised. <laughs> you know, I've, I've put the events in, decide if it's a positive or a negative, and how much it's a positive or a negative by, and then in the end, I'll be able to top it all up. But, hmm, right, okay, then. <laughs> I don't know if I love this or hate this. Spreadsheets, they're beautiful. Use them. I hate spreadsheets so much. I just oh. don't like them. they grow on you it feels like a very analytical thing and my mind is a very flowy creative thing so that's that's where we differ then (laughs) yeah i know i know i'm very aware of it um but yeah it it, there's a lot of that there's a lot of that bookkeeping so there is a lot of work but my point is i think there's i think the rewards there like the effort versus reward is equal yeah you agree yeah definitely because if you don't keep track of how people are feeling, then you're not going to get the payoff because you'll get to the point where the players are like, hang on a minute, I pissed them off. Why are they now being really nice to me? <laughs> yeah, and then you'll go, oh shit, I forgot that you pissed them off and now I've got to think of a reason why they're being nice to you. Maybe maybe they're trying to manipulate you and then you have to write a story off out of your arsehole. Um, yeah. Which isn't always a bad position to be in, but it's not the best position to be in. No. You, you want to have a handle on what people want and what they're doing. Hmm. So, reasons the why is that that level up in story, that bringing an NPC, the consequences of actions, the um, the uh, I want to say like the ramifications. I mean, that's basically like the same thing. Let's be honest; it just comes down to they're cool. There you are. <laughs> yes, I mean, <laughs> like everything, the last thing on the list of why you should do it is. Because it's just cool. cool. It's cool. <laughs> Who doesn't want to be at the the forming of the fellowship? You know. Yeah. 
Well, you know, who, who doesn't want to be, you know, standing between the most powerful beings in the realm being judged? Well, I mean, I don't want to be judged. I want them to to be well, scared of me. I mean, I mean, you're being, I mean, all of us being judged pretty hard right now, Ben. Yeah, let's not get into that. Yeah, <laughs> he's not. He's just. He's just having. He's just having a bit of a a bit of um, a bad news bears day. All right, he's just not having. Yeah. A, He's not, not having a great time right now. Mentally, physically, emotionally. <laughs> he's, just, he's just a mess. You know, he's hooked on absorbing souls. It's not a good yeah, place to it be. It happens to all of us. Does it? No. Sometimes. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool as fuck, so do it. So let's talk about how. Um, how do you implement a large gathering or and by and by large and i think i i tell me if you agree i would assume i would say like four or five five is probably the good a good start starting number for a council yeah like five people yeah about five so how are we going to do this and fit it in and make it feel good so straight away it has to fit the adventure it has to fit the whatever's happening so that you can't if you're walking through the jungles of Chol, it's going to be a bit random there suddenly be a council of five people for you to stop and talk to <laughs> unless maybe there's a council of grungs that could be quite fun you could turn it on its head um but yeah so it has to fit right it has to fit the themes the pacing all that stuff that we always talk about the basics yeah um if you're doing a dungeon crawl you're not going to have a council in there. Well, I mean, maybe. All right, could... at most they'd send you in. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, for me, my first thing would be, like anything that's a set piece and like anything that's grand, like a dragon attack or something, you should seed it, foreshadow it, reinforce the foreshadowing, then deliver the climax of the the invitation and then pull it off. So there's a whole bunch of stuff that should happen before you even get to the the set piece. There should it shouldn't be. Oh, I want to run a I want to run a council scene. I'm going to do it tomorrow. Hey guys, you've been you've been summoned to a council. Okay, you're in. Okay, here here it is. Um, the the players should know the names of everybody in that council so that they are people they're aware of. They know their importance what they do in the region, the realm, the city, wherever you are. They should know the importance of the council. Why is there a council? Is it like the Lord's Alliance where they, they, they're a banded bunch of cities and realms to help protect each other? Is it, I don't know, a mercantile council and they're the people that keep the city afloat? Maybe it's the council of dragons that are going to eat all one by one. Next week. I mean, the, 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 I think the, the Council of Dragons is a bit of an exception to everything you've said there, mm. because they they do just sort of pop up, um, you know, in the sense that you you can't really foreshadow them them getting ready to invite you to a council because they don't really want to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, and I suppose if you had like an Illuminati style council. And I think like it's would be hard to foreshadow when when you're thinking about say it's your when I say regular old council meeting council meeting with you know your your city leaders and stuff that that's the sort of thing that that really does need foreshadowing 
But if we're talking about beings which consider themselves above mortals and such, they're not going to have two thoughts about getting their council together and being like, right, we need these people here. Right, you're going to fucking be here. You don't have a choice in the matter. And mm. you're representing this group. Like, that makes sense because to me, say with like this dragon one, that they're not going to ask you nicely. No, they're going to expect you to be there. Yeah, they've they've told you. You're like, we're we're doing this because we want to do it now. You're going to fucking be there. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. I guess that would be the same as with, like, the giants as well. Yeah, like, giants ain't good, you know. You're not going to have all the giants, oh, we're off to the council. You know, it's going to (laughs) be... Off we go (laughs) to the wonderful council meeting. Have have you all got your packed lunches? Have you got your buddy? Hold hands when you cross the road. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So you have to kind of assess the, um, I guess the level of who is who who is on this council, right? Is that that what you're saying? Yeah, and assess what sort of level they're on compared to your players as well. Mm. You know, Mm. if your players are fucking peasants, the the fucking king of the realm ain't going to specifically go out of his way to, you know, make sure they know this council is coming or whatever. He's just going to demand their presence. Yeah. Okay. I like that. So foreshadowing is important, but I I would say that even with like, if the king is going to demand someone's presence and expect you to be there, you can, you still foreshadow who the king is and who is on his, who his like four advisors are. Like the players Oh, yeah. Even oh, yeah. even if like with dragons it's harder and with fantasy creatures it's harder with like giants for example okay we might know who the fire giant king is but we're not going to know who all the fire giant advisors are by name maybe yeah well, I but think, there's, I still, like even, there's still ways to tease that even even like you know people you know especially low people they're not going to know who all of the king's advisors are. Mm. They, they they are realistically going to know the king and maybe one or two other people that are perhaps quite famous. So maybe then for like the first summoning, if they're not already established adventurers, you would have, the, obviously they know who the king is, it's the king, and they might know who the head mage is or the yeah. head arc- arcanist is for the, for the realm. And so they know that, but they don't know who the others are. And so in this meeting for the first time, they meet them and they start to realize how important these people are. And that's setting up the relationships going forward. But if you have a group of level five adventurers and they're getting to the city and they're being summoned, you should, you should foreshadow enough so that they know what they're heading into. And, and like, you don't want your players to walk into this. Like what I'm trying to say is you don't want to set up your council and in your mind as a DM be like, okay, it's this really cool thing. It's the chamber that the, they have the semicircular table with the chairs and they're all important people and they're all going to talk across each other and they're all very important and everyone knows they're important. And so they act with this like high and mighty attitude. You don't want your players to walk in and be like, who are you? Like, <laughs> I just, I just killed a manticore, mate. Like, you can jog on. Like, you don't want that because the, then the, the, the vibe is completely off, right? Yeah. So there has to be some level of foreshadowing. <laughs> there it is. Ooh, there it is. Fucking hell. That took like 17 minutes to come out. I'm going to leave that in. 
That's... This I this episode I I probably sound awful in this episode. I probably, I'm not ill, but I sound ill. It's the pollen. The pollen is is attacking. It's all the, it's all the crying I did before we recorded this episode. That's why I'm all <laughs> stuffy. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh. Oh God. Okay. Right. Get the snot out. I'm so sorry that you had to hear that. Right. Let's um let's get back onto the council. Okay. So you've got your let's say five maybe if you're James, 12 people on this council and you have the reason for them coming together. Maybe it's the, the threat of the big bad evil guy. Maybe it's a curse that's befallen the realm. Maybe it's, I don't know, that they, they, they lost some money and they want it back. Or Whatever it's it is. War council. Oh my God, war council. Great one. Yeah, there's, the, there's an invading nation to the northeast and they want you to go and get to the front line and and deliver a message to the general yeah great cool how are you going to run that james enlighten me well i'm gonna prep first bed great good answer <laughs> um you know make sure i know who everybody is why they're there what their purpose for being there is, so what they want to achieve out of this meeting, mm-hmm. um, what their sort of ideals and sort of that their, their hates are, um, and then go from there because it, it does get very player reliant to to a sense because if your players turn up and they just don't talk, that it's just a bit, eh. Yeah, but yeah, you you kind of you want your players to be able to talk. You don't want them to end up just watching you having a conversation with yourself as five people for twenty minutes. Yeah, because you know the people around the table probably they all probably know each other. So you know the guy that's the head of the spy organization that uses his slightly dodgy methods to do stuff isn't going to go spurting that out in front of the the, the head paladin who's you know all righteous and and follows the rules whereas your players your players are going to accidentally put their foot in it Mm. at some point and you need to know whose mud so to speak they're going to accidentally step in and then how they react and then how everyone is going to react to their reaction and you know whose side people are going to take um you know especially if there's a big decision being made and people have different ways they want it done or they want different outcomes there, there needs to be like sides that form if you will yeah, because like it's you're kind of going for that feeling of um, not rivalry or competition, but that there that it's every like, single member on the council is is kind of pushing and pulling against each other, but they're all also working together. Yeah, they all want the same thing ultimately, but their way of achieving it or exactly how that thing looks at the end is slightly different. Yeah. They all want the warlord to be assassinated, but one of them wants him to be assassinated yeah. and his body brought back for science. The other one wants him brought back alive so that he can do it himself and question him. The other one, you know, wants him banished to a realm across the plains. You know, like as as a as a shit example. Yeah. Um, I mean, your your players as well will take should be able to take those sides. Um, they'll be able to decide who they back, who they perhaps work against. Um, and that will then help you form story and then the consequences later on of, you know, 
maybe one of the, the guy on the council who you consistently pissed off every time and you aren't giving him any concessions, he decides, you know what, I'm going to change sides. I'm going to mm. start feeding information to the enemy. And then, then it comes out as a spy because something happens. Everyone's like, shit, we, we, we shouldn't have pissed them off that much. Mm. Yeah, and, and it doesn't have to be that grand. It can be a uh, smaller scale as well. So like maybe one of the five people on the council is... Uh, in charge of um, magic and law in the city, right? And so they have connections at all of the local, air quotations, magic shops. Um, You might find your prices more expensive all of a sudden. Or maybe they just never have in the material components that you need for your spells. Like, oh, what an inconvenience. Yeah. Um, You know, and they start, the players start noticing that every shop they go to has that symbol of that that lord. And then they put two and two together and realize they've probably pissed him off. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe one of them runs all of the inns in town and they, they're not allowed a room and they're barred from all the inns because yeah. they pissed him off. Uh, small things like that too. But what you were saying around like knowing everything about them, knowing their, their flaws, their wants, their needs. We've talked about that before and making, I think when we talked about making compelling villains as NPCs, like you need to know the cornerstones of these characters because especially when you're running five of them and they're all just having an, a free form conversation and then the players might be jumping in too. You need to be able to very quickly jump between each member and know what they want and how they would react to what someone has said. Yeah. I think on that as well, if, if you are doing this for even the first time or you don't have a, a, a co-DM, do you try and keep the number small to about five? Yeah, because otherwise it it will get very difficult very quickly, and you end up tripping over yourself or accidentally saying something because one person and rather than the other, and it it'll just then fall apart. Yeah, I mean the goal right is to deliver a scene as DM that comes across as fluid, uh, without any interruption, where you don't have to pause and look up notes and and all this kind of stuff. But in reality, you can pause and think and that adds gravitas and uh, yeah. suspense yeah but basically what i'm saying is you can do more with less so don't feel the need to just shove tons of people in there as some would say less is more indeed <laughs> does, that grammat- does that grammatically mean the same thing you can do more <laughs> with less less is more yes that we are saying the same thing. Right? We're saying the exact same thing, Ben. That's why I started laughing. I'm dyslexic. Um, anyway. Um, oh. I've lost my train of thought now. I'm all over the place today. Can you tell? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, keep your numbers small. Know your, your cornerstones, your keystones to each of those, those NPCs, those characters. And when you're alone and you're not co-DMing or you've not got someone to bounce off of, my advice, especially because I know like people are like, oh, I'm not good with the voices or I'm not good for switching voices, is to, and I, I love this, and Sam started to realise I do this because now he'll say, oh my God, I love that character's physicality. All of my characters have a different physicality. Yeah. And um, if you ever, I don't know how close you've watched when we do council scenes because we 
do them together and you're doing your own thing and running your 65 characters at the same time as I'm running mine. Well, I think this is something we both do. I will... I move around. So like one character has a hunch and leans forward. One of them sits and twiddles his fingers and has a glass of wine in his hand. Another one is constantly rolling his eyes and tutting or something like they all have. Yeah, I think literally things. at the, at the last council meeting, when I was, whenever I'd swap over to Jalaxle, I literally was putting my legs up on my desk. Yeah. 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 So when <laughs> and then I, I'd swap over to someone else and I'd be leaning in or you when know. I run um when I run Clath and he was he was running the meeting, he would sit with his legs over the arm of his chair. Yeah. And I was moving all the time. I do it all the time. I do it with characters all the time now. Like when I was running Nanny Poo Poo, she she shakes. She has um like Parkinson's basically, like she sh- shakes yeah. and she's hunched. Um yeah, so all of my characters have that. But if you've got that, if you've, and it doesn't have to be a lot and it doesn't have to be really showy. It's not for, I mean, for me, it's kind of become a performance now. I mean, just, just but, le- even like leaning forwards or backwards yeah, is a big thing. That's what I'm trying to say. Just something small that makes you sit differently or, 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 or you know, stand differently or, or lean differently. Something that makes you feel like a different person, basically, uh, will help you. Swim that, between them. That will also lend towards different voices as well. You oh, know, yeah. the, the guy that's laid back, fully open, is going to sound a lot more loud and bold than the person who's kind of hunched up and just kind of talking like this. Um, mm. And you'll find it a lot easier to swap between those voices if if you physically change, like your demeanour, as it were. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. So do that because it it it's tricky voices is tricky and then when you're talking to yourself in those voices too it's hard and i mean again it might all feel a bit too much to begin with like oh i've got to remember to do this and do that and it's like well you don't have to but you might find it helps we do yeah um i suppose as well like you you don't the the actual council sessions themselves you don't have to run them as a big old meeting um Mm -hmm. and i'm going to take the the dragon one you guys are about to embark on as an example you know, you've been summoned, you've been dot there, everybody's turned up, you've been introduced, and then you've basically been told, look, you need to speak with each of us in turn. Mm. Come speak with me. And then once you've done that, they'll all get together. They'll have their discussion. You'll kind of hear what's going on. And then they'll get back to you. Yeah, you'll have to wait three to five working days. Yeah, like, you know, very much in that case. Yeah, sure, you're there to help sort of plead your case. Um, you know, and all of these people want different, sorry, all of these dragons want different things. Um, and so they'll all speak to you separately and then they'll all come together with their own conclusions and what they've decided, hash out what they're going to sort of decide as a whole, argue about it, and then come back to you with their final decision. Yeah. So in that case, you've, you've still got the council, the players have gone and they've, they've spoken to everybody and that can be quite good if you want to place highlights on certain personalities and stuff. Because um, they don't have to speak to everybody. They could just speak to the people that's important to the problem at the time. Um, yeah. And, you know, just having everybody there and then having sort of that discussion at the end where it then brings it all back together can be quite good as well. Yeah. 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 So don't feel like you have to bite off more than you can chew. Um, you can you can work up to having that big scene with everyone in in one room. Yeah. Okay. I I have my own council that I have to go and stand before uh, uh every month. Um, 
I call them the council of the council of BD. Uh, and that's because there are two members called Ben and there are two members called Dave and they are our wonderful Patreon, uh, not Patreon, our wonderful podcast partners. Uh, so I worked this out a couple of weeks ago and it's still blowing my mind that I didn't realize this sooner because both Describe and Dice Dungeon have been supporting this network for ages now, like over a year each. They're both, both of those companies are run by people called Ben and Dave. So we find that really entertaining and funny. And I, I explained it to this to someone at work and they were just like, whatever. <laughs> How is that not fun and entertaining? <laughs> but they're both called Ben and Dave. Like, what are but the they've odds? they've all got the same name. Yeah, anyway. So Dice Dungeon are... Um, ben and Dave at the Dice Dungeon are wonderful people and they have been supporting the show for so long. And if you haven't been to look at the brand new D&D travel bag of hoarding, you're missing out. Now, I, I have one of these. I've had one for a while. I'm pretty sure you've got one, haven't you? I've got one as well, yes. I got one not long after you got yours. Oh my God, it's the best thing in the world. If you are... Um, if you're a DM who doesn't host and you move around and you take your books with you and your dice and your minis and, and you know, a travel map or a Chessex map or whatever, you've probably come across the problem I've had where, one, you can't fit more than th- two or three books in a backpack. Two, you're so terribly worried that they're going to dent and chip and tear and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, And three, it's just uncomfortable. Like they don't, they're not, the books aren't good sizes to be carried around. This bag is designed specifically for this task. So it's got um, movable and uh, reshapable inserts for fitting in as many books as you need, for separating them. Uh, it's got sections for minis. It's got pockets for dice. It's got a thing for rolling a map up in. It's, it is literally a bag of hoarding, but for traveling with all your D&D stuff. Um, and, and actually, I've moved a couple of times uh, since my D&D collection has grown, and I've used the bag to help me move, and it's been so good. If you want to go check it out, there's a link in the description below to Dice Dungeon. Uh, of course, they're more than just this bag is available on the website. There's there's hundreds of sets of dice. There's D&D books. There's dice rolling trays. All of this good stuff. Go and check all that out. And remember, you can use the code WESPEAKCOMMON at checkout to get 10% off your entire order. So, hey, go nuts. The more you spend, the more you save. Uh, and of course, you're supporting the show. You're supporting a fellow UK D&D group. Uh, and they ship worldwide. So even better. I mean, as well, back on the bag, you know. If you don't travel around to DM and, you know, weather's getting nicer, you might just want to go to the park to do a bit of prep and take a book with you. And, you know, I'm pretty good for that as well. This is true. This is very, very true. Uh, and then the other council members on the Council of BD are Ben and Dave from Describe. Uh, Describe is the place to go if you're not very good at writing descriptions for spells, monsters, magic items, locations, all of that stuff. They have professional creative writers doing the hard work for you and they've got over seven and a half thousand scenes. It's ridiculous and it's growing every week. I've just done a little Google. Uh, not Google. I've done, I've done a search on Describe. I Googled Describe, went on the website, DescribeDSCLYB.com and then searched through their scenes uh, for the word council. And I've just, I've just logged on on a free account. I'm not logged on on a, on a subscribed account. So I've I found one of the free scenes and this is the altruistic council chambers. Uh, This high vaulted and many pillared chamber encircles a broad marble floor from which 
speakers can stand and turn to address the crowd in the surrounding stands. A low dais curves around a quarter of the circle, and there stand several different chairs for the councillors, each as plush or plain as suits its customary posterior. <laughs> I like it's that good. One. It's good, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You'd love to run a you'd love to run a council scene in that, right? Yeah, I was just sat there just thinking it sounds very, very, I am the Senate. <laughs> it's treason then. Yeah. Um, so if you are thinking, hey, guys, this stuff sounds great, but I'm not very good at writing descriptions, go and check out Describe, D-S-C-R-Y-B. There's a bunch of them, over 500, I think, scenes for free available for you to go through now. That is one of them. And then you can subscribe with the code COMMON to get 10% off your subscription every month for the first two years. Uh, and get access to the, the ridiculously long growing list. And of course, as ever, you will be supporting the show and the network. Okay. Let's talk about... Um, I was going to say let's talk about the tips of doing this with two people, but actually I want to make sure we've gone through all of the tips of doing this on your own before we do. So is there, is there anything else that you would advise people do when putting together a, a council scene that they're DMing on their own. One thing you could do that I haven't done that I toyed with the idea of doing and it's going to sound really dumb is a PowerPoint. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> okay you know, fill me in. Explain. Or if you're in person, handouts because a player who sat there might get a bit overwhelmed as to who all the different people are and what's going on and what you can give them. And, you know, th these can get more, as, they can be as detailed as you want them to be, where it say it has the name, what, who they are, or, and what, you know, maybe after a session or two, once they've figured out, you know, this sort of person likes and dislikes this thing, you put a couple of those in there. And that way, when your players come around, they're like, oh, it's, what's that face? You didn't like uh, all that thing. So they go, oh, right, yeah, that guy didn't like this thing. Um, and it can just make your the, the role play there a lot smoother for your players because they're not having to sit there and think, fuck, who, who's that guy? What did he do? What did he hate? And it's, it's just sort of all there. This is uh, actually a really, really good suggestion. So something I did that's along the same vein, I ran... Um, I'm running a one-on-one -on -one uh, Tomb of Annihilation-based uh, side story for Ray because his character is yeah. away from the group currently. He's gone back to Port Aaron's IU and he has had to appeal to all of the merchant princes. And uh, all of them but one were at the meeting. And so I gave him pictures of every single merchant prince with their name and what their jurisdiction, I suppose, is. So like this is... Um, uh, Ekne, she's the merchant prince of gems, jewel, and uh, clothing, or whatever you know. Yeah. This is this is whoever he's the merchant prince of swords and weaponry, and he's like, okay, well, I care more about him than I care about her, you know, things like that. Um, and just having that for him to him to look at, but also for me to look at, so that when I'm jumping between each character, I can describe them and help reaffirm in his mind who he's talking to or who's talking so you know one might have a really big bushy beard and so i'll describe him as like playing with his big bushy beard and he'll go oh it's the one with the big beard and another one might have a handlebar mustache and i'll talk about him t t twiddling it or something you know like little characteristical things like that characteristical characteristic type based things like that that can help 
just cement in his mind who he's talking to or who's talking or who's asking him a question. And then he can look at the image and see it and he can get, get an image in his mind and he can read their name again and what they're in charge of and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, 100%, if you've got, I mean, like we say, there's a lot of logistical work, a lot of prep in these anyway, but if you've got the time to prepare that, it, uh, it goes a long way. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the interesting thing that we do then, which is running our scenes together. I want to preface this again. I know I've said it once already, but you have to have a good relationship with the person you're doing this with. Yeah. Because because there, there has to be a level of trust because either you're DMing a game and you're asking me to step in and you're giving me power or I'm DMing a game and I'm asking you to step in and I'm giving you power. Yeah. So... James has to be able to trust me to come in and run these characters, these NPCs, the way he wants and needs them to be run for the story. But also, I'm a player in this game, so he needs to be able to trust me to not misuse any knowledge he has to give me to run them. Or... um, Do anything outlandish that would cause me problems. (laughs) Yeah, like suddenly decide one of the, the council members wants something different, for example. Yeah. So, how would you describe what we do? It's hard to describe I, because, I, yeah, it we've, is. We've, it really been, is. we've been playing together that long, and we both just sort of like the same things to, to some degree. Over time, our brains have molded into. Yeah, yeah, we are literally becoming a single elder brain. That's a scary thought. Um. And so we're quite in tune with, but then again, I think we, because we talk a lot about it, I think, I think that's probably it because we talk a lot about it beforehand. We plan. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So when, when we did our first big council meeting and then when we, I think we've done two, we've done two or three now. We were on the third, I want to say. Yeah, I think so. Um, I said, okay, let's sit down. Tell me the list of the characters who are in this meeting. And you said, okay, well, there's this person, this person, this person, this person. And I'm like, okay, well, these five instantly are characters that I've run as NPCs in my campaign for you guys. So let me have those. And I'll take those ones off you. And you're like, yep, cool, great way. Yeah. Good, off you go. So I make my own list. Yeah. And, and then, then we... And on top of that, I was go, right, here's what you need to know about those guys in the purpose of this adventure. Yeah, because I already know how to run Lyriel Silverhand. I know exactly what she wants. But in your campaign, same world, same Lyriel, but you have other focuses for her yeah. that are at the forefront of her mind when she's in this campaign. Yeah. When she, when she turns up in TOA, she'll have other purposes at the front of her mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did that. And then we went through any of the characters that were kind of left over and like split them up equally. Yeah. And, you know, if I think if there was any characters there, we, we were a bit unsure about how, how they play out. We, we sat and we, we talked through them. So I think like, um, Rene, I want to say Rene Neverember. Yep. He was a bit of a, hmm, because he's, um, basically a replacement for because obviously our world's slightly different to published content mm. um and so we were a bit like right well well how's he gonna act here and we sort of talked about it and and how it referenced to each of the campaigns what's going on in the rest of the world 
And I think it's the same with all the characters, actually. We're a bit like, right. Like the Jalaxal thing is like, right, I'm going to have this guy pop up. And he's going to say, I want X, Y, Z. Is that all right? And I think, like, with that one, you're like, but he's kind of like here right now. And I'm like, yeah, but because it's Jalax, it's not really a problem him being able to pop between here and there. Um, yeah. So, you know, any, any problems, like, you, you figure out a way to resolve them that sort of satisfies you both. Yeah, we never say, no, you can't use that character for that thing. It's usually, okay, um, here's my concerns because this is what I've got them doing. And then we'll talk through how it does or doesn't work and come to a a mutually beneficial agreement yeah um but again this is because we're both running in the same world if if i was just a player stepping in like i wouldn't do i wouldn't use it with a player because then you're giving them information that they don't need whereas all the information that we have each for these characters we need for running the game that yeah. we run. um, um we so- also talked about like things that they would do so like i i said like oh lyrials are very um upstood upstanding uh organized and polite woman although she has anger and she's yeah. feisty um and you were like oh well there's the guy from there's this place on, on far from who he's got to fucking scream at you the moment you mention yeah. this thing yeah yeah and i was, I was like is it can i I, like, I I said that i said she was like can i interrupt you at any point like if you say something one of the characters i'm running disagrees with and you're like yes 100 yes. but we um, had to have that conversation to know that that was okay yeah and i think as well i think this was a conversation we we didn't have because we don't we didn't need to um, there's a point where we both sort of realise, yes, that person might interrupt, but it's not always going to be to the point where they're they're shouting or whatever. It might just be little asides or something, because the, the, the meeting needs to needs to go on. What what needs to get said needs to get said, and yeah. you know, neither of us should get in the way with that just because we want our limelight with the, the guy screaming at the other one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so like every now and then you'd be talking and i'd be like oh, lyriel just rolls her eyes and tuts yeah and you just let me say it because it's important that her it, she's perceived to be reacting to things yeah um and all of the characters are like that so th- this is why i think we have so much fun with it because we we're one conjoined elder brain we um we kind of are able to just roll through the interruptions yeah so in a way it feels like a real interruption but it's not an interruption it's like we you can't rehearse the these council meetings um (laughs) we we just have to prepare and then improvise and that's a lot of fun for us running it and i think it has been uh a lot of fun for the players witnessing it it, it has been. I think I remember. I think I remember. It's always Sam's face. We always remember when, when these Sam, things happen. I love it. I love his his like little baby face, which lights up, and he's got like little sparkly eyes. Little Sam. <laughs> oh, little guy. Oh. Um. Yeah. And actually, there. I think the risk of us doing this is that players won't want to interrupt because we're we're like putting <laughs> yeah. on a show in yeah. a way, and we're we're shouting across <laughs> each other. But then at the same time. That's what we want them to feel. Yeah. Um, so it, it works. Yeah. I mean, the, the times for your players to, to do stuff should be pretty clear. Um, yeah. You know, whilst the head of the council is there, you know, fully explaining you know, what the fuck's going on, they, sh- they shouldn't necessarily be jumping up and interrupting because if you're in the Houses of Parliament sort of thing, you get told, uh, sit the fuck back down. Mm. <laughs> order, <laughs> and, you know, order. We'll, we'll get to you in a minute. Um, 
and and but you we did that we said yeah. things like that and then when, when they interrupted it was like well let us tell you what we know first yeah then you but, can ask questions. but then when like you know things are in full flow and, and and people are arguing across the table you do want your players to chip in and mm. and sometimes what i would recommend is um give more priority to your players interruptions so you know say a player interrupts with something at the same time a one of the characters interrupts with something then react to what the player said rather than what the other character said unless what mm. the player said is just like nothing nothing <laughs> that's a really good piece of advice because especially when you're doing this on your own you you can get caught up in okay i i need this person to say this at some point during the conversation don't panic about that stuff um if these scenes take a little bit longer that's okay because they are set pieces they they're big moments yeah um and you you want your players to feel like they're part of it yeah um but i do just try and sort of get into it as well though i, I still think genuinely one of my top moments is be full-on on far throbbing and just screaming lich <laughs> A lich? A lich? Yes, How she, dare you? <laughs> she said she'd worked. Yeah. yeah. Real, so our first ever meeting was when we transitioned from Waterdeep Dragon Heist into Tomb of Annihilation and Tyranny of Dragons because we're running the two stories alongside each other in a, in a combined double header. Yeah. Double feature. Um, and so her job was to set up Tyranny of Dragons and your job as Onfar and the others was to set up Tyranny. Yeah. So she went first because it was in Waterdeep she was hosting. She said, well, let's, let's talk about what we know first. She said, we've, we've gathered some, some information from some liches or from a lich that we know. And he was like, what? <laughs> oh. Atrocious, atrocious behavior in his, his opinion. Yeah. To, the, to this day, my partner still remembers that. <laughs> Overhearing oh, you shout from upstairs. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I think I got a message like two seconds after, like, what are you doing? What's going on? Think of the neighbours. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I don't even want to think about what my neighbours, oh. what other flats have heard me shout before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's probably why. I think it's the mon- the mon- I don't know my neighbours. I think it's the monkey howls that get them. <laughs> Yeah, let's yeah, let's not talk about this. I can't do a quiet monkey sound. It's impossible. I can do a, I can do a, I can do a quiet like cute little monkey noise, but not like an ape that's coming to rip your skin off. Uh, yeah, that has to be loud and unhinged. Unfortunately, I, I think I had I had that problem again with the kobolds in um, Arafatul's yeah. cave. I think I got a bit loud with them, and not only did I set Hannah off, I set the dog off as well that time. <laughs> oh, no. She just started barking and going nuts. Oh god. <laughs> Well, it just adds to the ambiance for us yeah. as players. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, look. Closing statements on council scenes. What What are your closing thoughts? Um, good fun. They're cool. Don't be afraid to throw in a twist. Have a guy appear in halfway through and just stir the pot up a bit. Mm. Um, and just just have fun with it. For me, it's use them as set pieces, foreshadow, plan them, put the time and effort into them. And make them something big and memorable, but make sure you have fun with them, and uh, you let your players do what players do best, and and derail things. Indeed. Cool. Well, if you would like to get involved, 
and tell us about council scenes that you've run or maybe you're thinking of running. There is a brand new way to do it. And that is because the We Speak Common Discord server is open to the general public. Woo! Uh, yeah i know it's so bad when there's any two people um you can uh, now come along and get involved in the discussion and continue these chats and tips in the server with us uh, with our patreons with other what we are calling commoners who are people who join the discord server for free uh, it's there for you you just click the link in the description below and come and have a conversation uh, either in the common room or in the episode discussion section uh, if you would like to join the, the full discord server get access to things like the private patreon room the uh, voice channels the vibe zone the topic suggestions the the advice Araman's uh, advice bureau what was it bureau Aaron's advice bureau now. yeah yeah then come along via the patreon there's a link in the description below you can find it on our social media on twitter at we speak common on facebook we speak common pod on instagram we at we speak common uh, and 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 join our join our patreon and, yeah. and join the the elite ranks um Doing that gets you full access to the server, to everything, gets you behind-the-scenes content, gets you uh, potentially the ability to guest on a show if you want to, that's a level, uh, and it gets you exclusive patron-only merch as well. Um, and of course, you're supporting the show. Cool. James. Smashed it again. Boom. Uh, this, is, uh, this, uh, this feels like it's been a weird one. I feel like I've been a bit all over the place, and that sneeze midway threw me off. So um, <laughs> I apologise again if I hurt anyone's eardrums if you're listening on headphones. But um, thank you so much for keeping my track. And for uh, talking to me about this, but also for allowing me to experience this, because this is one of those things that I wouldn't have done in D&D &D, uh, if it weren't for the way we think and run games. So um, I love it, and I want other people to experience it. Oh, thanks, man. Well, I mean, you kind of got me to do D&D, so you know, you've, you've got one up on me there. <laughs> yes, the, <laughs> the plan, it is It is all, all falling into place. I get you addicted so to, to only fill my own gratification. <laughs> um, it was a lot of work it's paying off good <laughs> okay right let's leave it there um, have a wonderful rest of your evening and uh, let's go plan our next council meeting indeed see ya see you later thanks for listening to the We Speak Common podcast network if you enjoyed the show, be sure to leave a review on your platform of choice and share us with a friend or D&D group near you. If you'd like to directly support the network and the production of new shows like the one you heard today, head to the description of this episode or our social media pages for a link to our Patreon page. You can connect with the show on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at We Speak Common. The network theme is Street Dancing by Timecrawler82 and is held under a Creative Commons 4.0 license. You can find it on the Free Music Archive.